and we are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I'm Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Winthrop. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right. Um, first off, a quick word from our sponsor. This episode of the Electric Podcast is brought to you by the all-new, all-electric Volkswagen ID4 SUV with zero direct emission. It's the first electric vehicle for everyone. Before it can change the world, it has to change yours. Uh, a little more, a little more later on the ID4. Thanks for Volkswagen for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Uh, before we dive in, and we have a lot to discuss this week, and it's uh, it's almost pretty much all related to Tesla uh, because of, uh, I mean, they were dominating the, the news this week with the launch of the Model S Plaid and a bunch of other things. So we're going to get to that. But first off, if you are a fan of the show, please give us a thumbs up. It helps um, hit the like button. It helps with the show. Uh, algorithm loves to pick that up and it helps push it to more people. The more people get to enjoy our content and we, uh, we appreciate that. Also hit the subscribe button if you're on YouTube uh, right now. 85% of you that are watching are not subscribing. This is unacceptable, people. I cannot accept that. You guys hit the subscribe button now or or nothing. It's, I'm not your boss. You do whatever you want. But all right, let's dive in. And Seth and I haven't discussed the the, the, the Molas Plaid launch yesterday. So we're going to do it live on the, on the podcast. Give us our impression. Give you guys our impressions. And um, and the and we need a little focus on the new pieces of information that came out of the event because as you remember when the vehicle was sort of initially launched in in, in January or at least on Vild, uh, they all the information we got was basically what Tesla posted on the website and at electric we got a little bit more information from sources and that and that was about it so so this was um, basically a more in-depth presentation. But personally, overall, I was I was kind of left a little bit underwhelmed by the old the old experience. I thought I thought Tesla would would go a little bit more details on, on a bunch of things. Uh, it was kind of just uh, on the surface for for some for some details. Like for example, the he did mention that the, it was it's a brand new battery pack that the Model S Plaid has, but he didn't go into details about that battery pack. And uh, and of course, it's a bigger deal too with the. With, with the Plaid Plus was also we're expecting the 4680 in there. Well, I, I should make some of Plaid Plus because uh, before the event itself, uh, there was a few pieces of news that we uh, we kind of need to discuss too because that uh, that kind of changed the um, the event itself. First off, last weekend Elon Musk announced uh, as he was promoting the event coming on on Thursday, he uh, he said that the Model S Plaid Plus was canceled. Um. Sort of uh, of cancel altogether. We we you just mentioned it on Twitter, and we we had some questions, of course. So we re- we reach out to him to make sure, like, is it is it completely canceled, or are you guys just pushing it for now as you focus on the plaid? Uh, and on Twitter, he only said that the plaid is just so good. But then, as when we reach out, he elaborated, and he, I'm going to quote what he said to us: What we're seeing is that once you have a range of above 400 miles. More range doesn't really matter. There are essentially zero trips above 400 miles where the driver doesn't need to stop for a restroom, food, coffee, etc. Anyway, so the difference between the Plaid and Plaid Plus was indeed mainly the range, and um, but but that range was enabled by uh, the new 4680 battery cells with the new structural battery pack and all the other improvements that comes with that, and and also some performance improvement in terms of the acceleration and, and, and the overall 
all driving performance were also expected from those 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 uh, changes to the powertrain technology and and the body of the vehicle itself because of the i mean the structural battery pack is now part of the powertrain and the body so that was kind of a bummer uh, that Elon sort of like just saw that the range thing is like not being needed and also it raised some some other questions yeah, uh some big questions like for the future mhm like the cyber roadster right and roadster yeah. yeah the roads the cyber that cyber truck too that's a 500 mile the cyber truck has the excuse of uh, it, it's okay to have a, a much larger range than you would necessarily used to because uh, with a load with with some towing with, with using it more as a work truck then that affects the efficiency a lot and and it, and affects uh, it affects the range so you're gonna you're gonna want to have a bigger empty range in order for uh, for the work range to to be more in line with what people would expect but the same thing is true with other vehicles from Tesla, including the Model S, like Elon is completely right when you say that there's no there's no trip above 400 miles on one shot. Um, there's no one on one go 400 400 miles. You're gonna stop at some point. You're gonna go to the bathroom, like Elon says. You're gonna get a coffee, whatever. But that that's 400 miles in like ideal scenarios and not driving too fast too. Like most people like to drive a little bit over the speed limit, like here in Quebec, for example. Uh, speed limit is 100 kilometers an hour, but we know that the police won't won't really stop you uh, until you hit like 120 kilometers an hour. So most people drive over 100 kilometers an hour, up to like 119, uh, 118. And between that 100 kilometers an hour and that 118, there's a giant difference in efficiency and your 400 miles of range will, will go down quickly to closer to 300 miles of range. And then bring in the um, colder climate, bring in winter tires, bring in what else that affects the range to like all, all those, all that stuff. Yeah. So for those regions, some people would, would like a range of over for a rated EPA estimated range of 400 miles in order to have closer to that in a bunch of different scenarios. But Elon seems to, to, to not like, not be on board with that, at least from what he said. So no Plaid Plus, uh, but that's okay. I mean, I, I kind of feel like he said that to to, to keep keep the focus on the Plaid because yeah. because let's be honest, like Tesla always improves on the vehicle, even though the Model S itself, the Model S has kind of been stale for a while in terms of design and everything. The performance kept improving over the last few years like always a more efficiency longer range all that stuff more performance faster acceleration like incrementally over the years that kept coming is tesla saying that okay now that we hit 400 miles it's gonna it's gonna stop and the um because the only thing they can do from there it would be as the efficiency improve instead of increasing the range they they reduce the battery pack capacity have a smaller battery pack and there reduce the cost and everything but the model s starting at eighty thousand dollars it's pretty much where it should be it's an s class competitor it's a bmw 5 6 series competitor all that all that stuff it, it's already in the right price range so I, I think i think the I, w- I would be shocked if we don't see the next like two years a longer range model s about you uh you know it would be nice if there was a modular option i know i keep saying this and it's never going to happen but like there are edge cases i don't think it's a huge um part of the population but i feel like there's edge cases where 
you know, 140 kilowatt hour battery pack would make sense. Um, if you're in the, you know, middle of nowhere and, and winter time, those kind of situations. I don't think it's where Tesla needs to be right now, but like if you want to start hitting those edge people, um, you start to you start to have to get a bigger battery. I don't know. I don't know what you do in that case because you're gonna downgrade the quality of the drive because you have a heavier car. You're oh gonna, yeah. You're gonna probably affect the acceleration because it's a heavier car. Um and for you know, most drives, people aren't gonna need that. I mean, me personally, I kind of wish there was a smaller battery pack so that, mm. you know, I, I would like, I, I, if, if I had my way, I would have like a 50 kilowatt hour battery pack. And then in my garage, I would have like a battery swap station <laughs> for, I uh, have like five, uh, you know, 10 kilowatt hour battery packs that were kind of like a power wall stackable then, on the car. Not yeah, I could just slide them into the trunk mm. or whatever, you know, on the bottom of the trunk or, you know, on the sides. And then, you know, most of the time they're just backing up power in my house or whatever or, or you know, cutting grid, you know, whatever. But I just, I, you know, it's just crazy that you're driving around 400 miles of range with you all the time. And for me, like, like I, it's kind of sad, but like I don't drive, you know, 10, 20 miles a day. I don't drive over 10 or 20 miles a day, like 95% of the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, but, that, but that's most people. I mean, maybe not 10 to maybe, but, yeah, but more than 30. 30. Yeah. From 20 to 30. That's, that's most people actually, you you might be a little bit less since you work from home uh, more than most people, but still, right. so, uh, I don't know. It's, but it, I agree with you. Like what you just described is the optimal solution. There's no doubt about it. It's just that the implementation of it is 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 quite something. Like it's uh like uh, but I mean, if someone could do it, it, would be Tesla. I just I just don't think that it's it's really it's it's a big challenge. It would it would be a massive challenge to 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 do. But I might interest you if you if you are someone that uh, wants a hundred and thirty kilowatt battery pack in, in in your in your luxury sedan. I mean, I know I know that one group of people were happy uh, of Elon's announcement last weekend, and that's uh, Lucid. Because uh, the Lucid Air, the top of the line version, is still still that's five hundred mile range with the uh, and Mercedes uh, EQS has a hundred something as well, right? Hundred ten. Yeah, but I, I think they are aiming for four hundred miles of range, though. I don't, I don't think it's going to be way more than four hundred miles. Certainly not. I don't think it's going to be five hundred miles like the um, right, like like the Lucid uh, Air. Uh, that was one of the pieces of information that came out of uh, the. Um, before the event yesterday and then there was also right before the event there was a, a significant price increase on the plaid that almost almost brought it to the to the price of the plaid plus a ten thousand dollar price hike uh to um basically hundred and thirty thousand dollars now starting price on the mollus plaid um I think that's a twenty thousand dollar price increase to uh, since since the unveiling of the vehicle. I think it started when when it first replaced the Moles performance. It was one hundred and ten, then it went one hundred and twenty, and now it's a uh, hundred and thirty. So um, yeah, you you can see a trend there. Yeah, if, if you got in early, you've already made twenty thousand bucks. Yeah, uh, I don't know if Tesla respected that first price. Oh, I'm not right. sure. Uh, I think uh, there was some kind of discount, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they did. Uh, this one they had to because I mean, so many people were already like way deep into the buying process. Right. But, but yeah, 
big a big price increase and we know we we've discussed Tesla price increase for for the last few months it's been crazy but mostly incremental price increase mostly just from all female why Elon mentioned uh, more recently that it was due to supply chain pressure uh, throughout the industry especially with raw materials that it's increasing in price uh, so that that translate to a price increase in the end consumer but I I don't I wouldn't say that's really the reason here for the full MLS plot, like a ten thousand dollar jump, which is like a, almost a ten percent bump in price, right right before the unveiling and everything. I think that was more of a demand thing, like Tesla seeing strong demand for the version for 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 this version of MLS and is uh, boosting the price because if the material cost was really something that Tesla was worried about about the MLS, uh, the long range version would be the one that they would increase in price. Uh, uh, way way before the uh, the plaid, so um, something to keep in mind. Because the Mall S, the long range is still eighty thousand dollars, and hasn't changed since the since the update in uh, in January. Well, of course, that also got a price increase because if you remember before uh, before Tesla unveiled a new version of the Mall of the Mall S, they um, uh, they reduced the price of the mall, the base mall S to sixty nine four twenty. Like that, that was the whole joke, mm. uh, and it was in competition with Lucid actually. But yeah, now let's go. Let's go to the um, to the unveiling here uh, that happened yesterday. What? what like I, I know that you did uh, post this morning your impression, and now I have time to get into it. So let, let's. Uh, what, what did you think in general of the of the event? Uh, <clears throat> so yeah, as you know, I, I fell asleep. Uh, I was putting my kids to bed and I fell asleep at around 9.30 last night. So I missed the event by quite a bit. But I woke up at like 3.30 in the morning. I was like, ah, oh, crap. Um, and I uh, went and watched the video. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's a very typical Tesla event. It looked a little bit disorganized. Uh, Elon looked like he had never seen these slides that he was reading from in his life. Um, you know, very, but still like, you know, he had, some very uh, deep Tesla fans there. Um, the overall, like the product is, is solid. Like, uh, you know, we've known this for a while. There's a lot of nice updates to the uh, model S. I don't think they addressed some of the concerns like, you know, with the, with the yoke steering wheel uh, with the, you know, like it knows if you want to go forward or backward. Like, I think a lot of people are like not comfortable with that. Um, from our comments, I can I can see that I'm not the only one who who's like that. That sounds like a good thing in the future, but like you know, I have autopilot, and sometimes it drives off the road. So I don't know if I want to, you know, hit the accelerator in in the kid's parking lot to go forward and like run over a kid behind me or something. Mm-hmm. So you know, th- things like that are going through my mind that aren't really addressed, and they wouldn't like I wouldn't expect them to be addressed at a Tesla event. Um, but you know, it seemed very hype. Uh, I noticed the, the drag times guy was, um, in the, um, uh, the plaid model S he got it, I think 2.8 seconds, 2.7 seconds, zero to uh, 60. And it seemed like it hit a hundred, like maybe two seconds later. So it's kind of close to where it needs to be or where Tesla says it can be. But I don't think that car, like as of right now is going zero to 60 in under two seconds. Like, uh, it seems like there might be some updates that are coming down the pipe to make it get there. 
they've also said that it's not 200 miles yet either. Yeah, it might, they might they might need different tires, might need different wheels, and uh, like th- that wasn't explained very well during the whole presentation, especially the 200 miles per hour, which was mentioned during the presentation, but they didn't specify like the the need for new wheels and and uh, uh, and tires. And the fact that Tesla is advertising in that 200 miles per hour and like selling it like that, but no, no. Does that mean that the the wheels and the tires required are going to be included like later? Like, are are they going to just give them to you, or is it we're going to have That's to buy them? Very unlikely. Yeah, that, that doesn't sound like Tesla at all. So I'm like, it's, it's kind of kind of strange. But yeah, I mean, what we were looking for is like some, especially a lot of the changes that are that are aesthetic and, and, and like in the interior and everything we had a, we had a pretty good idea what they, they they're going to be like from the unveiling in January but a lot of the under the hood stuff was just briefly mentioned and didn't go into to details in the event we did get a little bit more details but not that much either uh we did get this nice power curve here which um which is which is which shows a very very impressive improvement here because you, you see Tesla has been known to improve the power in their vehicle quite a bit. We see the 2012 performance vehicle versus the P9 the P100D versus the 2019 Model S performance. A lot of a oh, big jump at first here, then some a little incremental improvement. But the 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 plaid is is undoubtedly the biggest jump from Tesla performance vehicle to date. Uh, and that and that's thanks to the the new motor. So the we, we we've been talking for uh, electric for a while now about the new Palladium uh, Palladium motor Palladium powertrain that Tesla was developing for the new Model S and X. Th- this this is it. So the they they, they called it um, carbon coated uh, carbon sleeved or carbon overwrap rotor in the new uh, drivetrain, the new motor drivetrain. So the Elon didn't go again into much details, really, but other than how hard it is to do, um, which is fair. Like it is a very a great feat of engineering from Tesla to have to have achieved that. But the the really the, the big improvement is on efficiency. The motors already uh, have a bit better power in energy efficiency at the same time, which is of course kind of what what you want to achieve with any any kind of motor. Uh, so that that that's great. Uh, then it, so, but the Palad Jump program was also a brand new battery pack, and Elon sort of just mention it is like yeah we have a brand new battery pack but then he didn't mention a word about it it was kind of so we we don't know much about this new battery pack we don't think it's the new 4680 cells we don't think it's the new structural battery pack but it is new how new is it um is it is it also like a a non-module battery pack is it just a cell to pack but not not structural cell to pack like the 4680 enables we we don't know it's not clear um, we would have loved some more details about that, especially buyers with, <laughs> of the yeah. new Model S would have loved some more details about what battery pack they have there. Uh, but yeah, the uh, the drag coefficient also was was revealed as the most uh, the lowest drag coefficient of any production car to date at zero point two zero eight. Mercedes Benz technically claims a lower drag in uh, in the EQS, but I think Elon's based this claim on the fact that they are not using moving wheels in the drag coefficient, though I, I couldn't see that information from Mercedes that they were using it or not. So, um, Also, the UQS isn't being mass-produced yet, so well, maybe that's the uh, Yeah, there. maybe they're going after that, yeah. It looks like they're using a little bit of a loophole here, but I mean, still extremely uh, yeah, aerodynamic. 
aerodynamic. Like this, like you, 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 you won't get much better than this. I think, like he, unless you want like covered wheels and all that stuff, like you, you won't get below um, point two. Or if you do, like it's not, it's just, it's not gonna good look like a good, a yeah, good looking I mean, car. The one car I can think of that's below two is the Aptera, and that thing looks like a, you know, a, an airplane without wings. Yeah, it's not even really a car. I mean, there, there was this um, Volkswagen at one point. Um, right. It had like the covered back wheel. Yeah, the covered back wheels. I, I don't remember the name, but uh, yeah, it's not like you, you have to do some compromises at this point. All right. One of the big pieces of new information that came out that was uh, really impressive is this new thermal management system with heat pump that you see here on the screen right now. It's, um, uh, it, it, of course, we, we know that Tesla has been focusing more on that lately, first with the Model I, the Model Y getting the heat pump, then the Model 3 having its new octovalve uh, and heat pump system. But now it's making its way to the Model S with a brand new one. And, and Elon had, had made some pretty uh, pretty insane claims about it with like a 30% better in cold weather range. Uh, and then he said it, and it requires 50% less energy for cabin heating in freezing conditions. So I don't know like how those two, fa- those two things works together because, I, I mean, they are both linked, like uh, having better cabin, like more efficient cabin heating in, in freezing conditions will help with your cold weather range too. But uh, of course, the thermal system also can manage like the the, bat- the motor temperature, the battery mid temperature. So there's a lot of things at play here. But if those numbers are true, I mean that would be massive for the um, for, for 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 Tesla buyers in in colder regions. And also, it would work to Elon's points from previously that 400 miles of range is uh, is enough. Because for, for especially for the Mall S here, I'm talking. If we're going cyber truck, it's different. But for the Mall S, if they do indeed perform a lot better in colder weather, you lose less range, then it starts making more sense. I think. Yeah. It. I mean, it, I think this is kind of like for EVs. It it's now becoming like you cannot have you cannot have like a resistance heater in an EV. Like you must have a uh, heat pump. Otherwise you're losing a huge amount of range. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you live in California and Los Angeles, it doesn't really matter much, obviously, but you know, for people here in New York and where you're at in Quebec, like, you know, this is, this is the difference between losing, you know, 40% of range and losing like 10% of range. So it's, it's a huge deal. And uh, Mm -hmm. I don't think they cost that much more than resistance heaters. So I'm, I'm actually kind of, curious why they're not in in every ev at this point Hmm. they're getting a lot more popular though um part of it too is this big new radiator here which um is much bigger than the previous one in the mole s and uh elon again stated that that this will also improve the repeatability if i said that right repeatability of the of the performance of the mole s plaid which again is extremely strong performance and that's actually something that um if you remember, Porsche has been has been like hammering Tesla on when they when they release a Taycan. Yep. They were like, "Yeah, oh, we get great performance like Tesla, but on top of it, we can repeat that performance time over time uh, because of our powertrain and our thermal management system being capable to do that." So I felt like this would kind of a nod to that. Like, yeah, we have improved our repeatability with uh, with those new performance. Yeah, and also on the track, like you can't go hard for a long period of mm-hmm. time. It was was one of the knocks on Tesla. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, 
There was a brief mention of charging, and uh, I'm talking to a new owner right now, one, one of them, we trying to get more information on, on that, but the, Elon didn't elaborate more than uh, 187 miles of range in 15 minutes, which which is, I mean, it, it's better than it was doing before, but it, it's not... Um, it's not a great metric. I mean, we're, we're right now we're kind of settling on the metric that we like a lot is uh, is ten to eighty percent state of charge. Uh, in like how much time does it take you to to charge to that? And also precise uh, on on what charging station is it one hundred and fifty, two hundred and fifty, three hundred and fifty station? So if it, the, those are the metrics that we like, just saying one hundred eighty seven miles of range on on fifteen minutes, it's it's not great, um, but from what I'm getting right now from one of a brand new owner that uh, has been supercharging it, it's uh, it, it looks like it's at least one better at maintaining 250 for a longer period of time. So you will you will still get 250 at a higher trade rate, and and the tempering of the charge rate is also a little bit slower. So so you don't get that that steep drop that you have right now with with a lot of Tesla vehicles where, uh, I mean past 40 50 percent like it's. It, you are in the hundreds already, like uh, hundreds of kilowatts. Uh, I, I think Matt uh, sent me a picture that was uh, charging at 200 kilowatts uh, in the mid 40% state of charge. Hmm. So, so not, not not bad. But still, it's not like it's not a 800 volt system. It's not 350 kilowatt charging. Though Elon, at a brief moment, it was like, yeah, we, we, when he was talking about the charging network, supercharging network in general, it, he, he did mention uh, that we are improving also the the, the charge rate. He, 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 did, he said 280, 300 kilowatt, and eventually 350, but I mean, no timeline whatsoever. So, What are you uh, referring to, a, a child's toy? Yeah, I think he want, he wants to get back. He wants those those words back. I don't think he, I don't think he I meant that. I wonder if he really just misunderstood. So we're yeah. we're making fun of a uh, Fred asked Elon on Twitter one time uh, if the uh, you know Tesla version three uh, superchargers were going to go to three hundred fifty kilowatts, and then Elon replied publicly uh, and on the record, uh, you know what is what are you referring to at three hundred fifty kilowatts of child's toy? Well, they're not there yet, and it's been years. Like yeah. it's like three years ago. Maybe Elon was coming out of a meeting where like uh, engineers were like, "Hey, we we can do like 500 kilowatts right now." And uh, or a uh, semi meeting. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and then uh, then they're like, "Oh well, for the longevity of the batteries, maybe we won't try that." And then they, they gave that up after a while. Right. But that's something we need to keep an eye on because if if there's really one thing that Tesla is kind of um, its lead is is eroding a little bit, I think it's with charging capacity. That I mean, I would still give Tesla the lead overall in charging capacity because of the value of the supercharger network is is, is the best network by far. Uh, but some of them are catching up. Some network are, are slowly catching up. And then when you combine that to the fact that now you have some EVs that charge at 350, like the Ionic and 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 all those those new cars coming up, the the Porsche Taycan is, is also coming at 350 and everything. Like the, the, these things are starting to like add up. I still would give Tesla the lead just because of the how extensive the supercharger network is, and it still does 250 at some station at least. But uh, I, I feel like Tesla needs to watch out on this because the gap is closing. 
part of the event was also discussing the safety of the of the new Model S. Um, but uh, I mean, we we know Tesla is always big on safety. We know that they are doing extremely well in crash tests and and all that stuff. And Elon said that he expect the Model S Plaid to be no different and to just add to Tesla's already lead in terms of lowest probability of injury. At least according to NHTSA, NHTSA testing, but the vehicle hasn't been tested yet. So keep that in mind. Uh, then you move on to the interior. That's where we already knew a lot of that information, but there was a few things that Elon alighted. Uh, he spent some time discussing the, the auto shift that, that you, you talked about earlier, uh, using autopilot to predict what drive mode you should be on in terms of drive, reverse, neutral, or park. Uh, so he, a lot of that was kind of aspirational. I felt like the way he was talking about it, like it, it will do that. It will be good and everything. You even talk about ge- uh, geolocation of it. Like it will remember when you go to drive and, 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 and reverse in certain location and automatically use that. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it remains to be seen. I think, I, I think you're going to have to, uh, we're going to have to test that over time. But here's the thing, people, like it's not that big of a deal. Like, <laughs> Like, yes, the, it's a big deal. The, the technology is a big deal. But if you don't like it and you don't like the prospect of that, you still have manuals way, manual ways of, of, of changing the drive mode. It's, it's just not a stock like it used to be. But you still have the force touch buttons on the, on the center console, which is similar to like a lot of other vehicles using, using those, those shifters on the center console. Maybe not force touch buttons, but like, yeah, BMW with the, the dial, uh, you, you, a lot of them, of course, is more traditional. Uh, yeah, I, I personally, I think the four storage button would probably be easier than the dial. Yeah. Um, but all, of course, most people are used to shifter or stock. And there's also on the on the on the screen now the left, like the, there's a little band on the left side. But we're gonna get to that because we did post a video to our YouTube channel earlier today about uh, with a, a deeper dive into the new user interface. You know, and this did discuss that the second row seat has been um, more headroom, more legroom. They managed to squeeze a little more space in it, making a more fuller second row experience, uh, which of course is fun with the now the the screen there too. So it's gonna be a lot, a lot better experience in the back. I think that's gonna be big in China. Um... We mm-hmm. know that the uh, the rich folks in China like to have a driver and like to kind of hang out in the back. Um, that's something that you know. Even Elon was like, uh, you know, our our Model S wasn't great in the back, and now it's legit. I think they said something yeah. to that effect. So extra space, screen, you can control more things from the back. Yeah, also uh, multi Bluetooth devices now, so. Yeah. You you can be in the back, which like you can have you can have a driver. You can have a driver with his own stuff linked to the to the system through through Bluetooth with his phone, and then you can have a passenger in the back have his own phone managing entertainment stuff related to the entertainment system in the new Model S through your phone. So that, that that's great. Uh, a, a quick glimpse at the um, new user interface too. That 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 was one of our big expectation with the launch that Tesla would. Um, unveil a new UI that probably would make it to other vehicle at some point. But of course, specially, specially designed for the Model S due to the new screens. And uh, it looks good. It looks it looks great, like a lot more customizable. Um, you can move the, the window around. It's less of a, like a, it, it's, it's less of like a high, iPad OS kind of feel and more, more like almost like a, 
a laptop kind of feel like you can like you can open windows open apps close them move them around and everything um, so a lot of people are asking is this going to come to model y model three uh this new uh interface what do you think well, yeah, I, I definitely think that some elements will make it. Uh, we we thought that Tesla would kind of unveil V9, basically at the, uh, v, V11, I should say, at at the event for the Model S, and then a version of it would be pushed to other cars. Like I said, there, there was some underwhelming part of the event, like it was extremely focused on that. But um, it, it's not it's not V11. It's still it's still under version 10. So what I expect is that this, in version 11, which should be pushed at, to all cars. Uh, they they will get a lot of elements of what we see on the new software, the Model S Plaid, make it to those other cars with limitation based on, of course, the hardware that you have that are different in each car. But uh, I mean, this 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 is clearly optimized for a center display that is just that it's just a center display because you still have the instrument cluster. It's a big difference, but I, I did post a video about it thanks to Shiv, the new owner of uh, one of the first 25 plaid, Shiv uh, Shikan from uh, Draco, Draco Motors, you know, the people that do the crazy quad motor, uh, million dollar hypercar. He, he bought a brand new one and uh, he, he did take delivery during the event. And um, I mean, I can, I can ship that video too. It was on the list of the item to discuss this week. And he was kind enough to do a quick walkthrough of all the features in the right here. So standard, you have the whole screen like that. The whole navigation is is your background basically. And now everything else is kind of a, from the app launcher. You 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 can launch them and then you can minimize them. You can move them around like you just did here with the music app. And uh, you have on the left side here. You can like right now. This band here, when you're on drive or, or in park or in anything, really, you can shift from drive to reverse by just swiping up and down on this little band here. And if you swipe right, it pulls out the controls here. So the, in the controls, you have um, this is the quick controls. Now the buttons are much bigger, much more useful to uh, uh, if you're driving, though most of that stuff you shouldn't have to use when you're driving, except maybe for like recording and uh, and wipers, the wipers also have buttons on the force touch buttons on the steering wheel. But yeah, a lot, um, a lot cleaner. I feel like uh, I, I I enjoy the UI update. But I mean, <laughs> the bar is not high when it comes to that with the auto industry. I feel like, and Tesla is 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 already way ahead. But you see, they keep they keep improving. So I feel like they're gonna keep their lead on the UI for a long time. Yeah, it's hard to imagine anybody. I mean. Realistically, uh, who's going to beat Tesla? It's going to be Google or an Apple. Yeah, it's That's it's it. going to be like pole stars and things like the, the company that are, are are like screw it, let's go full Google. Let's just let's not even like do it ourselves at this point. Yeah, um, but yeah, the, what what I just discussed real quick is the um, uh, this here right here. Okay, so the big advantage of the Molesco. So Tesla was already used to doing horizontal center screen for the Model 3, Model Y, but they were limited from that because all the left side of it or the, the right side if for right and drive cars needed to be the instrument cluster. So by retaining an instrument cluster screen separate for the Model S, you have a brand new experience that you can develop for the center screen, which we, we just watched. Um, I mean, even like for entertainment stuff. So you have the, the 
arcade and theater tesla arcade is a theater now is a much much bigger much better experience on the screen but uh they also updated the instrument cluster for the mall for mall s and one of the big difference here is like the driving visual visualization for for autopilot and, and full self-driving package now are much bigger like you can see they take almost the whole screen except for the um speedometer or the, the the speed the your speed is displayed on the right side but all everything else is basically driving realization you can see on top of it the uh, traffic lights speed limits and one through three three lanes are visible in, in, in the screenshot alone here so and on top of that you see the screen better because of the yoke steering wheel too that doesn't have the top bar. So I think it's it, it's it's going to be a great experience of a driving car, even though like a lot of emphasis is on is on automation with autopilot, with auto shift, and all that stuff. But uh, I I think it could be tuned as a as a very fun racing like driving car. Maybe some some tuning companies are gonna get involved and make some cool ones like uh, because of that too. That 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 would be nice to see. Uh, maybe something is in the work, and I don't I don't I know nothing. I know nothing. Do you think uh, somebody will just invent like the top of the steering wheel and just you know plop it on there? I mean, we've seen people do aftermarket steering wheel here, but in this case, like there's so much technology is involved and like. <laughs> I uh oh, oh, oh you mean literally like getting the keeping the same <laughs> I mean Tesla vehicles are so popular now there's so many accessories developed just for Tesla cars that I wouldn't be shocked that that would happen but I think it would I mean it would be hard to make that look good though no like like yeah it would definitely be hard to make it look good but like say you're you know you got a Model S plaid you love it whatever you needed to lend it to your friend or your wife or you know your cousin and they're like what the heck is this thing i can't drive with without a steering wheel so you're like "Eh, Mm. i got it you just plop this thing on there boom yeah but but even then like how the like it's still is it still gonna be square because the the bottom of it is technically square so the top of it if it if you make it round it's not it's still not gonna be comfortable now speaking of the steering wheel that's that's a big thing that we need to know more about. Like I, I've been I've been expecting steer by wire because it makes more sense. You can tune the radius, the turning radius of it uh, a lot better, and and make a better experience because you cannot you cannot do overturn with, with with that. Like it's not you can do only a certain degree of turning before it becomes completely uncomfortable. And from the videos I've seen from the test rides. It's pretty much what they're doing right now. So I'm like, yeah, that 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 made me a lot more skeptical about the steering wheel than I was before. Um, but but let's see. Like again, Tesla is a software company, so maybe like they, they they push a bunch of software updates and 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 tune that to make it feel a lot better. I hope so because what I've seen. So I haven't driven it yet, so I don't want like don't take everything I say with a grain of salt. But from what I've seen, I was um, it wasn't great. But uh, we'll, we'll wait until uh, we'll wait until later to uh, to uh, to really judge it because uh, you, you you need to sit in it really. Do we have anything more to say about the uh, the plaid uh, event, or we 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 move on? If you guys have any questions about about it or about anything we're gonna discuss today, or any questions about EV in, in general, put them in the comment section right now because we're gonna get to them uh, after we're done with the the news items. With uh, I mean, I guess we already spent like forty minutes on it. So I think. <laughs> yeah, and, and we should probably discuss our sponsor too. Sponsor. Yes, yes, yes. I can do that now. Yeah. So 
the all-new, all-electric Volkswagen ID.4 SUV with zero direct emissions was created for everyone. You'll get tech features that make you wonder how you ever survived without them, like a powerful voice control system. With an optional panoramic glass roof, all you have to do is say, Hello ID, open sunshade to enjoy the sunshine hands-free. But it can, before it can change the world, it has to change yours. Learn, learn more at vw.com slash ID4. All right. All right. Um, that's uh, kind of a up and down week when it comes to uh, the, the, the stock price, but it did get help from a, a report about the Chinese sales from Tesla, which which was actually what brought the stock down the week prior, which we discussed on the podcast. But uh, it just brought more confusion for a lot of people, a lot of Tesla fans, especially because <laughs> uh, because last week what we discussed was the net orders from the uh was it the information that the yeah i think it was the information that posted the report about net orders which we discussed was yeah. take it with a grain of salt and everything because it's really rare that we get access to net new orders from tesla but then then th- this report came out and this report is from the uh china passenger car association and this one is about um vehicles delivered and and vehicles exported which which they're mixing up now which is kind of weird because it's they're not the same thing at all uh but the report says that, well, at first it said 33,463 China-made electric cars sold last month in May. But then it specified that uh, it's actually 21, well, basically 22,000 Tesla vehicles delivered in the country in May and 11,500 that uh, were exported from China. So big difference here. But this is an increase over the prior month. Uh, so, yay, and Tesla stock goes up and everything. And then a lot of Tesla fans were like, yeah, this is dispute the fact that uh, the net new orders in May were, were, were super down, which it doesn't. Um, uh, I'm not Again, I'm not saying that the, the report on net new orders is right or wrong. I, I don't know that for a fact. But this report doesn't doesn't say anything about that because those are the vehicles delivered in May and exported in May. Uh, not net new orders. Net new orders in May, most of them won't be even delivered this quarter. They would be delivered like in, in July or maybe some in late June or whatever. But they they are completely different. So don't don't go uh, don't go claiming that Tesla's troubles in China are are, are done. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but um, still a, a good a good month for the for the month of May. And uh, actually, I would even though the net new orders were down last month, I would expect. June to be even bigger month for Tesla in, in in China because the third month is always they always go crazy uh, third month of every quarter I should say so so we'll we'll keep an eye on that but yeah a lot of confusion over Tesla's Chinese numbers all right a report that we came out with yesterday too that I thought was interesting we found a bunch of new job listing for Tesla regarding uh, autopilot and full self driving test drivers so we know that. Uh, are you Fred? Are you talking about are you talking about customers because the customers are the test drivers for Tesla? But no, I'm talking about actual Tesla employees that are that, that are testing the the vehicle on on public roads and uh, and private roads too. A few months back, we did discuss that Tesla already have a bunch of those in California. They were looking to hire some in Phoenix, which was an interesting one because Phoenix is a is like a kind of a hotbed of autonomous vehicle testing. Waymo is famously already operating. Uh, a commercial system there with uh, they have their app and everything you can you can order like a car like you order a uber and actually it's a driverless car that shows up 
And uh, Tesla was also looking for Austin, but uh, Electric found this week a bunch of new listings. And the interesting part is that they are going international for it, which is a big deal because we know that that's going to be a big hurdle to deploy uh, full self-driving capacity uh, is having it adapted to to other markets. So um, for international markets, Toronto, Paris, Milan, Italy, and Barcelona, Spain, uh, Tesla is looking in all those markets to hire a bunch of people to test the latest autopilot and full self-driving package features. And uh, in the U.S., they also had in New York, Chicago, Washington, D, uh, Washington D.C., Philadelphia, and, and Miami. So if you are in any of those markets, uh, you don't need a college diploma. I'm not even sure you need a high school diploma, to be honest. Uh, you need a valid driver license with a clean record and everything. And you need to have some, like, uh, be attentive to, to details and all that stuff and be good at, at providing, like, feedback. And, uh, you could get a job at Tesla. You basically drive a vehicle around all the time, a Tesla vehicle. It's, uh, it's a nice, it's a sweet, sweet job. I feel like, don't know how much it pays. I don't, I'm not sure if it's a, because of the perks, I would assume that it's not a high-paying job because you just you get a vehicle, you get to drive around and everything. But uh, and it's interesting. I, you have no idea. I said how many emails I got since posting that article. Like, hey, where where can I get that job in this place? In this place? And I like all like all the links are in the article. People stop asking me about getting. Like, I have no. I know a, a few of those ones. That yeah, I have. It's oh. it's kind of scary. Like, oh, my Twitter went crazy. My email went crazy. And I'm like, I have, first of all, I have no power over who Tesla is hiring over this. Obviously. And so obviously, so that make that clear. So don't ask me for favors. Like, I cannot give you a favor. And also like a bunch of people from other markets started. I, like, how do I get that job in Seattle and everything? I'm like, I don't know. Like, if, it's, if the job is not listed, like maybe ask Tesla to open the job like that in Seattle. But if it's not listed, I don't think that just because they have a good applicant that's, that's from there, they're going to open the position. I'm always surprised when people like read articles like that and they think the author of the article have some kind of relation to to the company. Like we post like on we post a, a review on the e bike and they're like, "We want to buy your e bike." I'm like, "It's not our e bike. It's a, we just we just reviewed it." Like it's 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 surprising how many people have a, have that uh, notion. All right. Oh, this this was an interesting one, and this the, this we have to uh, we have to thank. Um, one of those internet uh, sleuth, uh, Calump zero, uh, one, uh, zero 01 on Reddit. Some, uh, it's not the first time that we posted on this uh, reverse engineering of the Tesla app, but uh, this this latest reverse engineering that he did was, was pretty successful in bringing a lot of new information about something that we talked about before is Tesla's integration of more of the uh, other features in um, in the in the in the mobile app and including Tesla insurance. So the integration of Tesla insurance in the app. And um, the, the the what they discovered was was pretty interesting. Is the, Tesla's going to create some sort of of safety ratings for all owners, or at least all owners that use Tesla insurance? That 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 part wasn't exactly clear, but uh, it, it would it would mainly be useful for for people that have Tesla insurance to um, to calculate your rate. And it gonna, it's going to use a bunch of different factors to give you that safety rating score. And then that safety rating score is going to apply to your premium on a monthly basis and can affect your premium up to 50% on a monthly basis. So the price up to 50%. So reduce it by 50% or increase it by 50% depending on a bunch of factors. And those factors are 
uh, ABS activation. So the number of times that ABS activated, uh, average daily driving time, autopilot disengagement, forced autopilot disengagement, the number of times that you get forward collision warnings. This one bothers me a little bit because I do get some forward collision warnings and I'm like, calm down. Like, I'm not even close to yeah. hitting the car. I'm like, like... Do you have your set at the most? Uh, I think I'm in the middle. I think I'm, I'm not that sensitive. I think... Uh, we we have errors at the most sensitive. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I, I was in that situation and then I, I removed the sensitivity, sensitivity because, like, a stop when, like, you, I see the vehicle starting to... Uh, drive forward after a stop and I'm coming behind them and they're like, oh, you're coming too fast. I'm like, the car is already moving forward like, and I'm slowing down. Like, How how can I hit the car if, I, if I'm slowing down and he's, 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 he's accelerating? Like, it's, I'm not going to hit anything, but he's like, the beep, beep, beep. I'm like, all right, all right, right. calm down, calm down. So, why, okay, explain why forced autopilot disengagements should be uh, well, uh, due to ignored alerts, so it's for when 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 you have the blue thing coming up and like you don't respond right. to that, and then uh, gotcha. uh, number of time that is uh, don't is disabled. So so it's like that that one's actually first. So it's not just like not responding to alerts. Is when because you get several level of, of alerts, and you get the first the message on the screen, then the blue flashing light, then you get the I take over control because we're gonna shut down the autopilot right now. Uh, so. It's only if you get the last one. So I I I, I really get those uh, in the Model Three, but um, in in my Model X when I was driving the Model X, and it's because I spend a lot more time in my Model Three with the first of the pilot. It doesn't have the same level of alerts, and this one I was disabled a bunch of times because I could I I was too used of the level of alerts in the Model Three. Then um, the one in the Model X was so different that I, I I have to admit that I got disabled a few times, which is a bummer when you're like thirty minutes into a three hour drive. It's like you're like, all right, do I do I stop somewhere and put it on park so that I get on the pilot again, or I just I just go the good old way of uh, driving on the highway without without it. All right, um, unsafe following time. So I don't I don't know uh, following distance that that is um, basically. I don't know uh, what the criterias for that are. So that's uh, kind of a vague one. Then intensity of acceleration and braking. So speed variance due to extreme acceleration and braking showed from a scale of 0 to 10 and merging again Tesla's internal fleet. So that one is also a vague one. Like what, what really consists on, on the on the intensity of the acceleration. Like, And hopefully it doesn't affect too much. Like if you have a performance car, you can. there's, there's times you can accelerate that it's fairly safe. So... But anyway, so Tesla is going to put that score, build a score or a safety rating score off of that and apply that to your premium on Tesla insurance. Um, so technically, if you're a very safe driver and you don't get too many autopilot disengagement, forward collision warnings and, and all that stuff, automatic braking, um, you would get a very good safety rating score and and lower premiums on the insurance. So that that's that's a big thing. And also, if Tesla is open about all those those factors, and you can work on improving your score and be a safer driver and pay less money on your insurance, like this, this, like I I can see this being an issue if it's not implemented properly. But if it's properly implemented, it's it's going to be a big deal in terms of uh, reducing your insurance cost. 
And Vesla is not the first one to implement that, but it's, I, I, it might be the first one to implement it directly with these the, the vehicle's own connectivity features. Because I know that some insurance sells you those those little things that you plug into your um, CAN system that's going to track ODB and it's going to track some of that stuff. Some insurance will also give you an app on your phone and it can track some of that stuff. They can track your acceleration and your your, your driving and everything from your phone. And then they will apply that to your premiums and things like that. But it might be the first time that an an insurer, an automaker, applies it directly from the vehicle's connectivity features. Uh, That was interesting. All right. On the less fun stuff uh tesla announced this week that jerome gullien is uh is leaving the company after after what almost 10 years i think at the automaker so for those of you who don't know jerome uh, jerome joined tesla as the mol s program director at the very important times during the mol s program from 2010 to uh to what 2012 i think doesn't uh yeah 2012 and 2013 to early 2013 so he basically brought to market, to which market. which is extremely difficult to do, and and also was Tesla basically his first car if you that was built from the ground up, like it wasn't like built in partnership with Lotus, like the like the Roadster was. So um, so for a while, the Model S was was his baby, and then he went on to a bunch of different roles at Tesla, leading overall engineering, leading consumer service, which. Brought him more of a consumer facing role and, and make him made him known with the Tesla community at that time. And uh, it was really appreciated because I mean, <laughs> it doesn't take much uh, of communication to, to, uh, to, to make us, um, to improve communication at Tesla. Like you get, you get a little bit and you're like, whoa, what's happening? Like Tesla is actually communicating, but, uh, he, he did that directly with the owners, he even used, uh, back then, uh, uh, the, 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 TMC forum was was more popular back then, and and he used that directly to communicate with, with people. I think now the forum kind of like the forum format has died down a little bit, but because um, yeah, and also like Tesla doesn't communicate directly through it anymore. But that was that was super fun, and of course the big the big thing too is before joining Tesla, uh, he led the Cascadia program at Daimler Trucks, a Freightliner, I should say, and. Um, and he brought the new generation of the Cascadia to market. So when he came to Tesla, of course, he came to Tesla at first not for, for trucks, uh, lead the Model S program and then vehicle engineering. He, he has an engineering background, of course. And um, But later on, he was put in charge of the Tesla Semi program, which made a ton of sense because he was the only person in the company that brought a, a vehicle program, a truck, a semi-truck program to to market from the ground up. And... Um, uh, and but he, then he was working exclusively on that. Then he, he he was promoted actually to president of automotive at Tesla for a little while. And uh, but then earlier this year he was kind of demoted uh, to to president of um, heavy trucking at Tesla. I mean, it, kind of a demotion from president of automotive, but at the same time, it, it, it was to have him focus on the Tesla Semi program. And but now Tesla kind of unceremoniously is that am I saying that? One? That's right. Uh, announced that he was leaving. They just released a little SEC filing saying that uh, that Jerome departed Tesla. We thank him for his many contribution and wish him well in his future career. That, that, that was it. that was it for uh, for Jerome at Tesla. We reach out to him see if he can. He wants to comment on the situation and uh, regarding his departure. 
but uh, we haven't heard that from uh, from Jerome. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but we had heard or you had heard uh, recently that um, there was some animosity uh, between him and Elon, uh, or or between him and some some. No, for, so with, with Elon, yeah. But that was last summer, and apparently it was like the, the 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 situation wasn't great. And then, of course, later on, he was he was demoted and, and now leaving. So probably, uh, probably weren't, weren't weren't really happy at Tesla anymore. Uh, we we don't know from which side uh, it came from. If if he decided to to leave or if Elon wasn't wasn't happy with him and 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 uh, pushed him out. But either way, uh, so. When does he get his? Job <laughs> I mean, I, I'm sure he has a, a, his pick of. Uh, I mean, Tesla, especially someone that has spent ten years at Tesla like that and is uh, deeply involved in all the major vehicle program and and um, I, I, I mean, I, we we appreciate uh, Jerome a lot. I think I think his contribution at Tesla is are undeniable, undeniable. Uh, especially we bring them all S. Um, Making Tesla a much more serious company with that, and and then the Tesla Semi. It's kind of a bummer that like it looks like the Tesla Semi is literally like weeks to months away from the first deliveries to customers. So I would have loved uh, for 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 Jerome to be to be there for that. But uh, although it's not a good sign that uh, he's leaving it. Uh, I mean, it depends. If it's him leaving, I don't know. If if it's uh, if it's Elon pushing him out. That's another thing because uh, Elon must be like feeling secure with the program and like uh, in the hands of other people. But uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. It's a, it's a very opaque situation, so I don't want to speculate too much. All right. Lastly, the we, last piece of news before we go to the comments and questions. So if you have any, make sure to put them in the comment section right now for your on Facebook or or YouTube or whatever you're watching live, and we're gonna get to them in a second. But this was one of our biggest articles of the week, actually. The uh, Anonymous, so the hacking group Anonymous released this video. Well, whether or not it's whether or not it's anonymous is up to question. But I mean, that, that that's what the problem when you, when you have a group called Anonymous and you're literally anonymous, you're anonymous. like anybody can claim to be you, to be the collective. Um, but here, here's the thing: the video was posted to a verified YouTube channel. Which to start with, how do you verify anonymous? I I don't know. <laughs> like they, they, they gave them like a the the driver's license to verify it or something. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But anyway, the the weird part is that on the even then there's not really an official anonymous like account or anything. But there's a big Twitter account that's like Anon News that claims to be uh, linked to anonymous and they have millions of followers and everything. So they have they, they they're like the source for anonymous if you will and then they claim that they weren't directly related to that video but at the same time as soon as the video came out they like posted it and they 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 started hammering tesla and elon musk and even even sharing one of those uh i think you sent me that the meme they shared the meme of of like anonymous like what was the meme but i wish i could show it right now but it was like Tesla fan blocking Elon Musk from criticism, but the criticism was coming from uh, Anonymous. So they like they say, are they saying that it's their criticism? But anyway, the video was went viral, received millions of views and everything. So I decided to to take a crack at it to to to, to look it up a little bit, and it was pretty awful to, to be honest. Like the video, like I I hope that it's not Anonymous behind it because if it is, like Anonymous is getting sloppy as hell because. It, it, was, it, it was terrible. Like it looked, it looked like the video was produced by 
fossil fuel industry trying to trash Tesla and Elon Musk, like it, it, and using the same old washed up arguments that they used to uh, with with the subsidies and everything. Won't get into too many details of it, but there, there, there was a big part about the crypto stuff too, which I'm not. Uh, I, I dabble in cryptocurrency. I'm no, I'm no expert. I am an expert, and I will. I, I would claim self-proclaimed expert in electric vehicles. I mean, I, I have put my ten thousand hours in it and and more. So I, I think I'm, I feel pretty confident in calling myself an expert in, in in that in that industry. So we focus more on those claims and those claims. I mean, it was it was pathetic. Uh, the the whole subsidy stuff we we discussed a lot of times before. Like it's it, it really just depends on how you look at it. Uh, so so that that's not that big of a deal here, but. On on other stuff like they, they use this this article from the Sunday Times like a clear clickbait articles blood batteries fuel the future the fortune of Elon Musk and the the claim that that showed that Elon that uh, Tesla is using lithium that is mined from child labor which um, which is nonsense of course first of all this this I don't I, I'm not aware of any claims of lithium being mined by child labor it's, it's mostly cobalt and rare earth metals and, and things like that that are, are are more problematic when it comes to child uh, child labor and and the articles that they post in themselves I 100% sure they didn't read it so they, they they posted this article they used it in the video and they didn't read it, and it might be because it was behind a paywall, actually. <laughs> and Anonymous is not capable of hacking behind a paywall for some reason. Hmm. But uh, there's some there's some Chrome. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I didn't get behind it myself. I'm not gonna pay any money to the Sunday Times for posting this insane clickbait right here. Because first of all, in the article, they cannot trace any direct link with. M- any kind of material being mined by child labor and Tesla and Elon Musk. So the art, the, the headline is complete nonsense. Also, the whole article is about cobalt, not about lithium, like, <laughs> like uh, anonymous or people claiming to be anonymous were, were saying. So they didn't even read it. And of course, that doesn't change anything about the fact that there is a problem with some mining operation, especially in the, the Republic of Congo, um, that use uh, child uh, children to, to mine uh, cobalt. That is definitely a problem that needs to be addressed. And believe it or not, most people are addressing it. Like most people don't want to be associated whatsoever with child labor. And any company that that is serious is 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 doing very very extensive supply chain checks to to make sure that the their suppliers are not using any uh cobalt mine from them including tesla and i did post the the conflict mineral reports that tesla post uh, uh yearly about it and as far as i'm, as I'm aware i'm i'm not aware of any serious evidence that tesla is using any of that cobalt uh i could be wrong but i don't, I don't see that so this, this is and of course it's it's a go to claim for people that are against electric vehicles. It's like, oh, you're using gum. Yeah. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't make the connection because you know Elon's dad. Oh, they did make that too. They did, in, did. in Africa, yeah. I know, but like that, maybe that's where he's got the emerald yeah. mines. He gets the cobalt. It's all coming from the mines in Africa. 
Yeah. You know, if we're going to be conspiracy theorists about it. And the, I mean, and on the Emerald Mine with Elon's father and everything, I, I'm I'm on Elon's side on that thing because uh, if you look at all the evidence, like this this share of an Emerald Mine in, in, in Africa, even that, I mean, all the information is all coming from Elon's father. So the, the people that are using it against Elon are using it for Elon are using the same information, which is from his father. And his father admitted, like this, this was a kind of a small deal. Like the, the he traded a plane for a small share of emerald coming out of a mine, which I don't think he's ever been to that mine too. Like the, he would just get some emerald every now and again, and that dried out pretty quick. And uh, er, Errol Elon's father was wealthy at, uh, at some point, but apparently, like this is a very small portion, according to himself. Again, which the same information is being used by both sides here. A small portion of his wealth was coming from from that small share of an emerald mine. But anyway, this has nothing to do with cobalt. Anyway, <laughs> and when when it gets even crazier, down on this video, they, they use the Evo Morales, the former president of Bolivia's claim that he was ousted by Elon Musk organizing a coup against his administration in Bolivia in order to secure the lithium supply in the country, which again is a completely insane claims that has no evidence base. Uh, it's not evidence based whatsoever and anonymous for some reason, or the, these group of people decided to share it with millions of people. But, um, and I mean, Elon kind of have to blame himself a little bit on that one because the, the, the Tesla wasn't linked to that situation whatsoever, really. Like the, a, a bunch of crazy conspiracy theorists tried to link Tesla to it, but it, it there was a company linked to that situation that has nothing to do with Tesla. But uh, some people tried to link it with Tesla, and then Elon decided to go on Twitter when when people were starting to claim that he was behind the coup. Elon decided to go on Twitter and said, "We're gonna coup whoever we're gonna we want we want to coup." Um, which, of course, it was joking. Like, who the hell would say that if they were serious? Like this is kind of like next level super villain, like going publicly. We're gonna coup whoever we're gonna coup. Like I mean, the CIA doesn't say that publicly, people. So and and if someone is cooing people, it's uh, it's the CIA. Um, but yeah, he was obviously joking about it. But then Morales, <laughs> you saw the tweet. It was like this is proof. <laughs> so a crazy, stupid scenario, and then Anonymous taking it seriously for whatever reason, and again sharing it with millions of people. As part of a clear like hit piece to to discredit Tesla and electric vehicles, um, yeah. Again, the, the much of the video was spent around the subsidies, which Tesla used subsidies like every other electric vehicle manufacturer. But if you actually look at it, uh, this is a fraction of the subsidies that the fossil fuel industry takes. And here's the thing: I always come back to if you claims that the electric vehicle community is all about subsidies, then why? If you ask almost everyone in the electric vehicle uh, community if they would give up all subsidies for a fair carbon tax, like I would venture that 99% of the community would say that they would prefer the, the carbon tax. It's a much fairer uh, implementation of the representation of the cost that fossil fuel have on 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 the earth and on on the health of humanity. So so, so like. How can the whole EV thing can be about subsidies? And we we were like, put them all away. Just put a carbon tax on on, on everyone, like it should be. Instead of like, oh, let's give subsidies to fossil fuels for industry and then compensate with subsidies for electric vehicles. That's just. Uh, but apparently, carbon tax is just too complicated for people or too uh, political.
But yeah, you can read this article and check the video if you want to. Like, let's see how, ma- how many views that video had right now. Like, uh, it's it, bl- it blows my mind. I'm gonna say uh, it was two when I wrote the article on, on was it Wednesday or something. So ten million would be uh, would be crazy. No, it's still two two point four. So it so it, it it calmed down by a little bit. But like seventy thousand likes versus five thousand dislike. Like, what the hell is that about? Like, the, like every like. People are watching this and like, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. That's the problem with YouTube. Like you can say whatever nonsense you want and there's no one like, like if I play this video, what video are, gonna, are they going to push next? Is, is it going to be like this video, for example, that, that's disproving what they were saying in the, in, the, in the video? That would make sense. Like, all right, let, let's show you one side of the coin. Let's show you the other side of the coin. But no, if 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 you search this, if you end up on this on YouTube, the next video they're gonna show you is another conspiracy video that's gonna push you other nonsense because YouTube's algorithm figure out hey, if you like that, you're gonna like that other nonsense, which is kind of a bummer. All right, should we uh, should we move on to questions? It's already uh, <laughs> already an hour ten into this. All right. <laughs> All right. It's Friday it. night for people who wants to get it. Uh, yeah. All right. Chris Johnson, uh, we were talking about how long we drive. Uh, says I only drive 10 miles per week. That's uh, like, <laughs> really just drop the car. Uh, yeah, I, I probably drive, I would say, I would say 30, 35, 40 miles a week. Um, but, you know, my, my daily commute mm. is to the coffee shop and I yeah. take a bike there. So I haven't driven my car this week. The kids or, yeah. Like at all. All right. Uh, Dan Oberst says, I have a feeling that the Plaid Plus was either delayed or and or Osborne affected the current Model S. So do you want to decide to say it's canceled so they can bring it out someday if they get it worked out? I have some thoughts on that. Um, I wonder if the uh, Remac had anything to do with that because the Remac two-seater came out, I don't know, a week or so, two weeks ago, June 1st. Um, and that had a zero to 60 that, you know, it beats, beats the Tesla. It's a two seat hyper car, you know, it's a $2.5 yeah. million dollar car. It, it's, you know, like you can build something that's faster, uh, if you really, you know, put your mind to it and money on it. So, you know, I kind of wonder like if Elon's saying, all right, look, we're not going to beat the, we're not going to beat the Remac with a, you know, a, a five seat, uh, sedan. But we could uh, beat it with the Roadster. So let's take that, you know, uh, Plaid motor. Let's forget about the the uh, Model S and let's focus on the Roadster. This is probably wishful thinking in my part that they're actually even, you know, thinking about the Roadster right now. But um, but maybe they take take aim at the uh, the Remac Navara with the Roadster instead of making it another. Uh, Model S because the Model S, you know, it's a big car. Um, it's got five seats and lots of room. It it doesn't really lend itself to you know hypercar uh, type stuff. Whereas the Roadster is a very sleek, uh, very you know short uh, two person with you know two plus two kind of car. So that's that's just one thought I had. Um, but you're right, uh, Dan. Mm-hmm. Like the Osborne effect is is pretty strong. Like. If you know that there's a better car coming, it's it's kind of you want to hesitate on buying the one that's out. Right yeah, now. but but, but the, the only answer that makes sense is, look, Tesla's this new like potentially revolutionizing technology of 
of the structural battery pack with the 4680 cells. Is it never coming to the MOS? Is that is that what we're seeing when we see that the Plat Plus is canceled? Because no, of course not. So at some point, the 4680 cells and the structural battery pack will make it the MOS, and then we're going to have a, a Plat Plus, or it's going to be called something else at this point. So, But it, it's not like Tesla is going to stop improving on the MOS program. So so yeah, in 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 maybe in in practice it's it's canceled, but we we're gonna see the equivalent of it at some point, there's no doubt. All right. Uh Malte hello from Junior Germany. Uh we'll be by the way, we're gonna be in Germany for IFA, sorry, E I A A and um Eurobike in September. So if you're in Germany in early September Come visit us in the south, in Bavaria. We'll be doing all kinds of fun stuff there. All right. And then, Brian A, tired won't be ready that they are produced for the S to reach. Tires won't be ready that are being produced for the S to reach 2000. Why is that? Like, there's a Bugatti Chiron that goes like 300 mm-hmm. miles per hour. Like, where are the tires? Like, uh, is this a new thing? Do they forget yeah. to order tires or is it? One of those inventory things. What's the yeah, name? I don't know. No idea. All right. Uh, Pablo Collins, there were three guys in the car during the 2.7 second run. He's referring to the drag times thing. That's correct. There oh. was a driver. Um, I can't remember the guy's the drag times name. Guy was in the front, and then there was somebody else in the back. It was kind of like, no offense, dude, but kind of a pansy. Like he was just screaming the whole time. Um, <laughs> But, you know, three people in the car. The driver didn't seem like a big guy. Uh, nobody was a big guy in there. So, you know, it should be should be able to get closer to two seconds, in my opinion. Also, it didn't have mm-hmm. a rolling start, which I think Tesla stipulated. Plaid has Michelin Pilot Sports something tires. Doubt they can't do 200. Same tires as that on the AMG, Mercedes-Benz, Porsches. All right. So, yeah, Tesla's been using those for, for a while on, on performance cars. What's what's more impressive to me is that there's no gears, like uh, mm. no gears to 200 miles per hour. That's mm. what they said something over mm. like tw- over 20,000 RPMs. That's kind of a crazy engine. For crazy yeah, because the 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 Taycan has to Taycan top, and what's the top speed on the Taycan? Because they they do need that second gear to to achieve it. Uh, I think it's in the two, mid, like it's 260 no. kilometers an hour. Oh, so what's uh, two miles per hour? 161 right not, you know not even and that's close that's two gears yeah so that that rpm thing is crazy all right rich tier says my guess is for the plaid plus being canned is to allow for a bigger difference between the s plaid and the roadster mm. that that's kind of what i was thinking mm-hmm. drag times plaid draggy time was with three people in the car unprepared surface okay uh doesn't yeah. include the one foot rollout yeah that's what we saw yeah Carbon wrapped, so indeed a sleeve on the rotor outside. Yeah, I don't quite understand that technology. I saw some pictures from the the event. They had like some carbon on the outside. Mm-hmm. What was cool is um, I talked to some people. I don't know if you did as well. Um, they said that you could pick it up, pick up the yeah. rotor. It was like thirty pounds. Uh, that's impressive. Like that thing's. I mean, I guess there's three of them, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit less impressive. But yeah, but Lu- Lucid Lucid did the same. That that would remind me of the presentation of yeah. Lucid. Uh, they also have a very small motor. Uh, pre-runner wannabe. I feel like Plaid drivers are going to become the new BMW stereotype because using the blinkers looks like such a chore if the yoke isn't perfectly centered. 
Uh, Who's gonna? You, 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 you have to see where Tesla is going with this. You're you're not gonna be the one applying this, the the blinkers. Like the car is gonna be applying the blinkers. Car is gonna be doing all that for you. That's that's the whole point, right? But until until it's perfect at that, we might have a little lot left. Yeah, lull, I guess. Uh, SF asks, "Hey Seth and Fred, quick question: Would you know if the GUI for the Plaid is coming to all other Tesla models at a later date? Not expecting the gaming due to GPU. Yeah, you're not gonna." Be playing uh, uh, cyberpunk on an atom mm. chip, <laughs> no. uh, but yeah, I'm not expecting that on my Model Three. Yeah, uh, but yeah, some of the some of the new games will make it through. Like the one that Tesla, sorry, the one that Tesla unveiled with the the new car, like a flight thing. Uh, that's not a big game though. That's like a, like that's like a Nintendo game. I'm pretty sure you can you can play that on all the cars. Yeah, they should just come up with like a Mame emulator that you can just load. Like thousands mm-hmm. of games on too. All right. Yeah, what, what's the Google Stadia or something like that? Like you, yeah, that'd be cool. Alex Lear, carbon wrap rotor replaces metal surface to reduce rotor to stator flux distance in addition to the structural benefits, helps with power and rotational speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that speed thing, like that 20,000 RPMs, weird things start happening at that point. Like copper starts yeah. up, you know, bending and stuff. Yeah. All right. Daniel Zajic, I think Tesla's focus on user input is error will continue to differentiate their products that is the new definition of luxury in my opinion yeah that, that wasn't a good line right yeah that, like uh, i what do you even every now and again he has those like that change your perspective on things like every input is an error like you, you just you have to do it automatically like yeah if if you want to it's an extreme it's a, an extreme thing to say for sure but if you go by that you will create a very smooth experience for, for the customer if it's executed correctly. Though that's that's the big thing. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's too general. Like user input, yeah. like you kind of want to like driving is fun mm. a lot of times. So input is not always mm. an error. Uh, maybe it's inter- mm. user intervention is an error or something mm. like that. I don't know. No, but he's talking about like, that's when he was talking about auto shift and everything. Right. So like why? shouldn't the car know that you want to put it in drive right now that's you always have to call to ask them every time you put an input you need the design team the engineering team to actually say how come the car doesn't know that already and shouldn't be doing it all right so uh alex also reduces inertia and improves uh watts per kilogram he's talking mm-hmm. about the car carbon on the on the uh, motors that's true that's probably why it was a little lighter mm-hmm. um I think the only reason for the Plaid Plus was to match the Lucid Air. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, once mm-hmm. the Lucid Air postponed their deliver deliveries, there's no need for the Plaid Plus. That's true. The the Plaid Plus was 520 miles, mm-hmm. and the Lucid Air was like 517 or something. Uh, so. Yeah, but but I mean, Pl- Plaid Plus, the 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 Lucid Air, the top of the line is going to come. Like that's like that. That's a big part of the program. Like that, the fact that they're achieving those specs. All right, Dan Oberst has a pretty good point here, I think. I like the miles and 15 minutes metric for charging. 20 to 80% depends on the size of the battery. An inefficient motor gets credit where it wouldn't deserve. 15 minutes is a quick body stop. That also, uh, you know, if if certain cars have some space in there. Miles and 15 minute metric is a good one. Um, The only caveat there is that some car manufacturers that we we've been talking mm-hmm. about have more optimistic miles uh than others so you would have to kind of state you know 
correct for that. But I, I agree. Um, but the, the problem with that is like the, the that 15 minutes, that miles per 15 minutes, the, the first 15 minutes doesn't give you as many miles. The, it gives you more miles than the next 15 minutes. For sure. So that that's the problem with that metric where they're going to share you the most optimal one, which is from 0% through through 30, 40%, whatever, you, you, how many miles you can get in 15 minutes. While the, the, the well, 20 to 80, I don't know, like, the, the, I like the 10 to 80. 10 to 80. And here's the thing that everyone should do too, is just share the curve. Share right. the charging curve from zero to 100. And that will give you a pretty good idea. Then maybe share it with and retail battery preconditioning, share it on 150 kilowatts, share it on 250 kilowatts, share it on 350 kilowatts, Sh- share all that stuff. And then that's the only way we can know who's really better at charging than than, than anybody else. Like it, it's such a, um, it's it's a lot more complicated than just filling up a tank of gas. Like all you need to know for filling up a tank of gas is how many gallons you can take in a tank of gas, and uh, the rest is like I mean, there's different pumps that have different like <laughs> pumping capacity, but that's that's another thing right. that doesn't have doesn't have a giant impact either. But for electric cars. It's it's still like not mature enough that like every, everyone is doing their own their own thing. But I like what Hyundai did with the Ionic sharing the whole curve, sharing the whole charging session. But of course, that's with a 350 kilowatt station, and there's not that many of them out there. So so you kind of limited on that too. Yeah, but uh, Hyundai also did give a I think five minute. They were like you can put 62 miles in five minutes. I believe. Yeah, um, but that's again that's the optimal like. Right. From ten to fifteen percent. But, but I think as cars get faster in their charging, fifteen minutes becomes a pretty good metric yeah. because you know what you know, Tesla here in this situation is getting already close to two hundred miles in fifteen minutes. So mm. you're talking about like enough to go to leave in fifteen minutes. So for mm-hmm. me, I think that's a pretty might be the best. I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit with more more of a fan. All right, Cesar Torillo says, I really want a smaller Cybertruck or Cyber SUV. Ford just announced a smaller hybrid truck, the Maverick. After 150 launch finishes, you have to think they will do a Bev Ranger. Will Tesla? I pray they will. So he's very hopeful. Yeah, well, a Ford product manager, communication product manager did hint at an all-electric version of the Maverick or an all-electric smaller pickup truck. So Ford... Ford might be working on that after the, the Maverick, which is le- less exciting as an, as an a hybrid without any plug whatsoever, even though it's super cheap. But um, yeah, there's definitely there's definitely room for that in the market. All right, so we're, we're at a hun- uh, an hour and twenty three minutes. Oh boy, that's that's why I'm tired as hell. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do a couple more. Uh, Elon did not seem like he was into the Plaid event, as if he was demoralized. I guess. Months ago, when his team could not reach Plaid Plus level specs, he turned up because he had to for the show. No effort, unlike Elon. I didn't. I didn't get that at all. Uh, yeah. Did you? No, I. I didn't feel that at all. Um, I mean, it wasn't a super well organized event, and Elon was obviously not. They didn't revert, reverse anything, but that's that's just on par for Tesla events. Like it's not. Like I mean. I, I, I think Elon is pretty excited about about the Mars plot actually, and and I, I think people should like. I was underwhelmed a little bit about the, the level of details in, in the presentation and everything, but at the end of the day, what counts is like, do I want this car? Like, is, am I excited about this car? And yes, like 
Like the first thing I did after the event is go on the online configurator and like, let's configure one for fun. And then it came out at like $120 Canadian. I'm like, eh, maybe later. <laughs> I know. I After all Tesla events, I'm always in the configurator. I'm yeah. going, mm, should I do this yeah. now? Yeah. All right. Caesar says, can I, can I sell my house? Can I live in it? I right. can live in it, right? I can do that. Cybertruck, you know, it's a little <laughs> uh, Caesar, I would like to somehow disconnect my resistive heater in my Model 3 long range rear wheel drive. Ideas, anyone? I would say go to the fuse box uh, to start pulling stuff until your heat stops. Uh, or Google. or sell the car and buy the new one with the heat pump. Like, uh, this is. Like, you know, unless you're like what uh, Jason usually, you, you remember when like, like all people were talking about retrofitting the autopilot 2.0 and like Tesla was like, no way. It's just way too complicated. And, like Jason Hughes was like, I'll do it. And he did it with his car. And he, after doing it, he's like, no one should do that. It's way too complicated. Like a lot, a lot of times, like just be, especially with the Teslas, like the older value pretty well, like you can sell it and uh, yeah, and get the new one. If if you absolutely want the new uh, experience like that, then all right, we have a very pro Tesla point of view on the UI. When it comes to the UI, Tesla is in a full sprint. Google is in a jog, and Apple, as far as we know, is just stretching. <laughs> it's obvious the Tesla has so super smart, smart, young, and hungry software engineers. So it's good to hear from the super fans. All right. Well, here, here's the thing: like, I don't know about Google. I'm not as familiar about the Android Auto, but the Apple CarPlay, like Tesla, uh, Apple is a hardware and software company. They they are great at meshing the two together. And Apple CarPlay is not that. Like the Apple CarPlay is 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 not as smooth because of that. Like they are using other people's hardware th- through. A, well, it's phone mirroring, so technically you're using the phone, but still it's mirroring on through the interface of of, of another product. So yes, in, in that term, that I, that's why I prefer Tesla UI to even Apple CarPlay because even though Apple is great at UI, Tesla has the advantage in this case of having both the hardware and software. All right, we're nearing the end here. Um, my 16X is just a grocery getter, 56,000 miles, 20% of battery mm-hmm. gone. Do you think Tesla will re- replace the bot- battery? Is there an eight-year warranty? Hard to get a hold of them. Easier if you if you. Easier to ask you guys' opinion. Yes, it is hard to get a hold of them. Yeah. If you're going, you know, not that far, just a grocery getter, then what do you need anything else for? Although you have a 16 Model X, right? Yeah, I have a 2016 Model S, and it did get a new battery pack, but it did get a new battery pack after some some more serious. It wasn't degradation that got the new battery pack on that car. It it was. well, I guess it's kind of a degradation, but the 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 range estimate was getting like no like the the last let's say like forty percent of the capacity would go down super fast, a lot much faster than the first like sixty percent. So that that uh, that was a, a real problem with the battery pack, but that was at like three hundred thousand miles on it. So fifty six is a is something different. Hey, have you heard about uh, this? Uh, the new SNX have the new lithium iron. Ion twelve volt battery. We heard about that previously. And yeah, Elon Elon confirmed it uh, last year, I think, or, and, and or we, earlier this year. And we know that that's happened. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on. It's in the new Model S and X. Yeah. Cool. Any Tesla news this week? Haha. All right. <laughs> yes. For I know some people don't like when we are too much about Tesla, but I let's be honest, not much else happened in the EV community this week. It happens sometimes. Uh, there was some news too, sometimes still, but no Tesla news. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's, it's pretty slow on Tesla too, but uh, obviously not this week. So 
I would love to to talk about more than Tesla a lot of times too. Uh, you're not alone, but uh, it's uh, it's gonna happen more in the coming years and coming months too. With new cars coming up. All right, I think we're we're done. We're all set after an hour thirty minutes on a Friday night, people. Hey, we were dedicated to do that because I stayed late until uh, 2 p.m., uh, 2 a.m. last night to, to do it. So uh, it was a tough day for me this morning and I had to, to take a nap and everything because uh, I wasn't functioning on all cylinders this morning, but firing all cylinders, I should say. But thanks, everyone, for listening, for tuning in. Well, I always appreciate when you, you, you come in to watch us live and, and, and ask questions and, and everything. So thanks to to Rich, Jim, and uh, everyone else that asked questions today. Uh, you can hit us with a, a like on Facebook and YouTube. That helps a lot. You can ask, uh, subscribe to know when we're coming up next time. Uh, we have a bunch of new videos on our YouTube too now, so you can check that out. On your podcast app, uh, you can always um, subscribe to, to download the next episode and give us a five-star review. Uh, especially on Apple, that's uh, very helpful to to grow the show. So we appreciate you guys. We appreciate also Volkswagen for sponsoring the show this week with the VW ID4 electric SUV, a nice little machine. If you haven't seen it yet, go to your dealership and check it out. We're going to see you same time next week. Have a good one.